0: the Minimum Baseline podcast, the pod where normal people become incrementally less shit. Sometimes. I'm Stacey Fisher. And I'm Taryn Heddo. And together, we're sisters and a pair of normies putting the minimum in Minimum Baseline. Before we begin,
1: I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands in which we are recording this podcast for us today. That is the lands of the Wurundjeri and Gadigal people. Pay our respects to their elders past, present, future, and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. And it always was, always will be Aboriginal land.
0: Taryn, are you excited about this week's podcast? Always. I'm always excited. Last week's was rough.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were both not in a great spot. You had just woken up
0: from a nap. I was not doing well. Look, we put the minimum in minimum baseline. We turned up. That was all we had to do. We just turned up every week you'd you sent me the text message beforehand going should we just can this and I was like no fuck it let's do it let's get it done it's going to be terrible but the minimum is turning up so we did tick tick but in this week's podcast we will try to be a little bit more positive I am going to talk about my my first ever triathlon and a little bit of work progress I've made since we started the podcast too how about you
1: Amazing. Well I'm gonna talk about a little bit of progress as well. Still maybe a little bit of negativity in there. Of not
0: course. negativity
1: though, we just we are McCarthy's learnings. after all. <laughs> we are. Not so much negativity as learnings. Things that right. I've learned and things that have again made me slightly readjust.
0: But yeah, there's lots
1: of there's lots of good as well. Excellent. Let's start with batshittery.
0: Stacy, you've heard of Elon Musk. Unfortunately, yes, Taryn, I have heard of Elon Musk. You've also heard of Twitter. Uh, indeed, yes. And you've heard that Elon Musk has bought Twitter. Aha. Uh-huh.
1: This happened in the past week and everything about it has been a complete and utter shit show. Hasn't <laughs> it? The reason he bought the company apparently was because he wanted to bring back free speech and bring back comedy and, you know, because the left ruins everything. There's two main branches I wanted to focus on. Uh-huh. Okay, so the first branch is the verification system. Mm-hmm. So on Twitter, people get blue ticks to help prevent impersonation. So, you know, all of those like classic internet scams of like, some famous guys in your inbox being like, pay me a $1,000 and we'll be together for some reason. Like, Zac Efron, yeah. for some yeah. reason, yeah. needs you to Justin Bieber, yeah. Yeah. So in order to sort of get around that and also to get around people misrepresenting famous people's views and things like that on Twitter, they they created this verification system, I think around like 2014, 2015. It was just to get around that. That was the whole point of the system. However, apparently this is an elitist system full of, you know, the the, the educated elites and journalists and
0: things like that. Didn't Trump get a blue tick? Elitist. Like ben Shapio has a blue tick. <laughs> Sharpio. <laughs> Sorry. How do we pronounce his name? Shapiro? Ben Shapiro. <laughs> ah! I have deliberately not learned how to pronounce that motherfucker's name.
1: Yes. Ben Sharpio. <laughs> anyway, don't try and think that there's there's logic to this because it's there isn't. So when Elon Musk bought Twitter, he decided that in order to bring power back to the people, blue ticks would be available to anyone for $20 a month. But the point of verification was to prevent impersonation. If anyone can buy it, it completely bypasses the entire point. What's the point of the blue All tick? it comes is like when you pay premium for Tinder. You get less ads and more reach, but it's embarrassing. <laughs> What's really hilarious about this is originally it was $20 a month, and then he <laughs> on Twitter, Stephen King of oh, all people, was like, I'm not beyond the- $20 a month. Yeah. I'm not paying $20 a month. And then Elon Musk replied publicly and was like, how about $8? And then it became $8. (laughs) So the second branch that I want to take us down is what he did with the staff. So because he's an enormously intelligent, very great businessman who definitely didn't make his money from his inheritance from South African death mines, um. He decided to fire a bunch of people with 24 uh-huh. hours notice via email. Yeah, because he's a genius. Yeah. Now, even in America, this breaks labor laws. Mm-hmm. Even in America. Really? Like you cannot just randomly lay people off. At the very
0: least in California where it's... Yeah. You <laughs> I was going to say like Oklahoma? <laughs>
1: okay. But you can't just randomly fire people via email with no notice Mm -hmm. his excuse was that you know he needs to make the company profitable whatever Mm -hmm. but there are gonna be lawsuits galore Mm -hmm. over this Mm -hmm. and like twitter is also an international company so Mm -hmm. he's done this to employees in australia to employees in europe to employees in like it's very illegal in most places. <laughs> this you feels bad. do this. News just in today, though, of time of recording, he's now asked a bunch of them to come back. Oh, my God. Some of them were fired mistakenly and some of them he realized, oh, wait, I actually need staff to run the company. Yeah.
0: He's fired, He's gone and fired the engineers, the guys that you like. You really realise you need when they're gone. Yeah.
1: So all of that bad shittery to say, Twitter is tanking, which is a little bit sad because pretty much all of my work and I've met so many people through Twitter. But Elon Musk is a piece of shit,
0: and if it tanks and he goes bankrupt, What's and he doing? does I he have would... a long game? Do you think, or is he just? has he just been so suckered in by his own PR at this time that he believes that he really is a genius and he can just fly by the seat of his pants and that action and consequence doesn't apply to him anymore. Like what's going on? Do you think? I think think so. I think there's no long game.
1: I I don't think there's a long game. All right. Let's move on from billionaire megalomaniacs. Stacey, what is your batshittery this week?
0: Uh, My weekly Batshittery features some of our favourites from previous episodes. The UK Press. Huzzah! In particular, the UK Press doing what the UK Press does best, which is making us feel like we've gone back in a terrifying time machine two decades to the early aughts. Yeah, Speaking
1: yeah. of the UK press, a Twitter employee put up a post being like, "Will my employment last longer than this lettuce?" Anyway, <laughs> that's just <laughs> tying into <till> last week. <laughs> they got sacked, so the lettuce lasted. There, <laughs> the
0: lettuce won again. Okay, Christina Applegate recently gave an interview with the New York Times as part of her press tour to promote the latest and final season of Dead to Me. She said. This is the first time that anyone is going to see me as I am. I've put on 40 pounds. I can't walk without a cane and I want everyone to know that I'm very aware of this. She went on to say that she was bowing out of public life and requested privacy as she battles multiple sclerosis. This is a press tour that she's doing at the end of Filming Dead to Me, which she did whilst battling multiple sclerosis and she's still on the press tour in my mind i think she's getting ahead of the message what she doesn't want is pictures plastered across these same magazines that we're about to discuss saying christina applegate fatso yeah so the, the daily mails the leading part of their headline is that she's gained 40 pounds which is in all caps christina applegate <laughs> gains 40 pounds screaming all caps Not that she has MS. Not that she managed to finish filming a series with this debilitating condition. Not that she is now disabled, but she's put on weight. TMZ, same thing. Helpfully, both publications contrasted photo of her on set recently with photos of her walking the red carpet in 2002, 20 years ago. Taryn, why do you think that might be?
1: You're not reacting. You've just got your
0: head in your hand, which is which is the right thing to say. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, yeah. it's fucking wild. It's fat phobic and it's batshit. And I wanted to call it out and say, fuck off, TMZ, and fuck off, the Daily Mail.
1: Yeah, I- I'm. It's I'm fairly speechless. How is that your takeaway? Right. Yeah. Because. If you're a media outlet, like, if you're a journalist, the story of her with MS is all is a story that sells. Like,
0: looking at it at the most cynical way. Steena Applegate has MS is enough to make people click. Yeah, because that's a shocking headline.
1: I mean, I, I sometimes think with these publications that they want us to talk about it and get angry. Yeah, because yeah, then they can yeah. rail against, oh, the elitist lefty media. We're the only ones that you, we're saying what you're all thinking. Blah blah blah. Even though, like in this case, it's so egregious and so horrendous, but it's it, it's it's like almost part of this narrative that they want to sell the public.
0: Mm. Also, when did a mindset make you part of the elite because i drive a secondhand subaru i don't feel like i am part of the elite yeah but you're educated
1: and you speak well and you have certain political views and that's you know that. that, (laughs) but my political views don't make me elite
0: they make me they mean that i have a certain political view
1: yeah I know. I know. I'm just saying this is the mindset. This is this crazy, right? The fact that in they society. don't think
0: that Elon Musk and Donald Trump are part of the global elite, but me in my secondhand Subaru is, tells you something.
1: <laughs> Correct. Correct. It does.
0: Anyway, Taryn, what are you working on this week? So, Stacey, this week it's
1: starting to hit me a little bit that journalism isn't just writing. It's actually about finding articles, finding things to write about, and largely completely independently, going out interviewing people and
0: creating those articles. What? the gig economy makes you do the thought work for
1: free, Ding ding, ding. yeah, but I, I do. I also feel like it it's like it's always been a part of the job,, oh, yeah. yeah like yeah. Th- there are
0: some parts, so but when, when you're I, paid full time, you get paid. To do, like, for the thinking work. Yes. Yes. So when I
1: do work for some publications, I get commissioned work. So they say, write this article. Here is the interview off off your pop. You get paid X amount per hour that you're writing it. Don't Mm -hmm. need to think about it. Yeah. Uh, That's great. And that's what I've been used to up until this point. But now I have to think of things myself and that's not, that's fine. I'm actually okay with it. It's just a whole different challenge that I, if
0: you'd have asked me about it, I was expecting. It's obvious. It's right Mm. there on the tin. But But like everything until you're actually experiencing it, like, you know, that motherhood is going to be hard. You know, that sleep deprivation is shit, but until you're in it, you can't possibly know.
1: Yeah. So in terms of my work, that's what I have to work on this week is, doing this thought work and taking space for that thought work and being okay with having days where I don't think of anything where the, the, I'm not creative because mm. that's normal. That's normal in any job. That's normal in yeah. any career. You're 100%. not going to be totally on it all of the time.
0: And you will have to scaffold your weeks a little bit in order to create time that is conductive to doing that work. Yeah. So that's,
1: more or less what I'm doing this week is I am focusing, yeah, again, and I think I say this every week when I when I talk about work, is focusing on the little things, focusing on the small achievable tasks. And even if they don't necessarily lead to an article or lead to anything, they're improving my expertise. I'm getting one day better. I'm improving my minimum baseline. I'm having a greater understanding of what I need to do and what I need to achieve. And yeah, that's what I'm doing with my work. Okay. Uh, in terms of of my health. I'll talk about this a little bit later in my mini motivation, but mm-hmm. I I I'm getting I'm getting places. I have a plan now. So I'll I'll talk about that in the mini motivation. Uh, okay.
0: we'll, we'll leave it for that. Alright. Well this weekend I completed my baby triathlon. Woo and I didn't die Woo. I did it down in Huskinson. I only just spent the whole weekend down there. I should know how to pronounce it. Anyway, everyone calls it Husky because obviously no one knows how to pronounce it. Beautiful place to do it. I really enjoyed the whole thing thoroughly. I helped some nervous Nellies into the water because the water's my strongest leg. I even found someone from the Bondi Running and Triathlon Club and helped her. She'd missed her start because she was a bit nervous about getting in the water and I helped her get in the water. And then when I did my shitty, shitty run, they caught up to me and then helped me over the line. So camaraderie amongst all the strangers was great. You know, it really was everything that everybody says about a triathlon. You know, very wholesome community event. Loved it loved it. I was however really surprised by how shitty my run was. I had a great swim you know really like did did set a cracking pace and felt great after the swim. I still had energy in the tank after my ride. My ride's my weakest leg. I hate the bike. I hate everything about it but when I got off the bike and I had been warned about this but I think this is why you need to do the baby tries on the way to the big tries is I didn't really understand what that meant. That's what I was kind of expecting that my muscles would lock up or whatever, but it wasn't, I just couldn't run. I was just useless. I was supposed to do a sprint distance triathlon on the 18th of December. I'm no longer going to do that. I realized that if I was going to have to focus on my run as well as the bike and the swim, I could do it, but I couldn't do it joyfully. And I'm over 40 now. I don't do anything that I don't enjoy that's optional. So I'm I'm going to enjoy my summer barbecues, focus on my run, focus on my swim, and do an aquathon on the 10th of December instead of a triathlon. So that's a one-kilometer swim and a seven-kilometer run, I think. And then I'm going to do the triathlon the, – next triathlon in Huskisson in February, end of February. I just can't train seven days a week for three disciplines and, you know, hardcore and enjoy it at the moment. So that's, you know, that was a pretty tricky decision to make because I've got this plan from an expert, you know, a man who'd said, this is what your plan's going to be. i would mentioned last week I'd done the Cara Lowenthal's claim your authority challenge and decided I was just going to do my own thing. So that's the plan. The other thing is I am the only human being in the world that can train between six and seven days a week and gain weight. <laughs> um, you, you'd, probably, you'd be gaining muscle. Your no, body no, would be no, changing. no. Like I've gained weight. My pants, like, you know. I had a bit of an epiphany on the weekend. I've been so focused on carbs and protein that I forgot about, about fat And I'm waking up so much earlier now, like, you know, two hours earlier than I usually would, seven versus five, I'm starving by three, four o'clock, which of course, that's my body is, that's dinner time. And I've been eating just whatever snacks the kids have lying around at that time, because that's when they come home from school and they're making them their afternoon tea. And I think it's because I'm not eating enough early in the morning. So all of the guys at the triathlon, I sort of put it in, in the group chat and they were saying, oh, I've eaten you know, three times before 10 a.m. And look, this is not to say, this is absolutely 100% not the podcast where we're talking about weight loss. Intentional weight loss is a scam. All bodies are good bodies. This isn't about weight loss. It's about giving my body what it needs. And at the moment, it's telling me I'm not giving it what it needs. I'm doing so much training that I need to think about the nutrition. And so I'm going to think about what my body needs mental thought load I can't do the bike on top of nutrition running swim so
1: yeah because you're starving you're starving for a reason at four yeah yeah but then the issue is is that the way that we structure our lives means that four o'clock is not the ideal time to have a meal that consists of protein and the things that you actually need Uh, at four o'clock when you're starving you're gonna snack Mm -hmm. I mean just that's just the way that we structure our lives and like you've got kids I would suspect that like meal planning is not necessarily
0: going to be a strong suit in that Hmm. case Mm. well look i do meal plan but i can't necessarily eat what i would pre-kids yeah so i'm not prepared to do three dinners and unless i am prepared to do three dinners i have to kind of eat a modified version of what the children are going to eat which is bolognese sauce
1: yeah, you mm. know, that's something that God, I'm so grateful that Kelly I'm so grateful that Kel and I don't have to deal with children yuck. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> not not in that way. But it's a whole extra layer of of thought. Like we yeah. can, you know, we're both Kel is extremely busy at the moment and I'm not really capable of cooking. So we can plan around it. But when you've got kids, it's
0: like you can't. Mm. <laughs> like mm. there mm. you have
1: to feed the children.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's the number one rule of parenting. You cannot let them starve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the number one rule, give them food. Yeah.
0: No uh, one dies of scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, work-wise, my, I did, I've done that the CAR thing and my averages have been pretty good, but I only got to the task twice last week. We had Halloween, which is massive in the part of the world that I'm in. I got distracted in the lead up to the weekend away. Leo's got a birthday. We're renovating the house, and I just kind of wasn't organised particularly well this week. So it sort of all went to shit. And I, so I just, I just need to, I just need to do it every day. I need to <laughs> like put it in the diary, the time to plan the day, and the time to like reflect on the day. Because uh, we're just not organised. My brain fell out during homeschooling. And um, I haven't worked out how to shove her back in yet. So, <laughs> do you think it was homeschooling, or do you think it was
1: global pandemic stress? <sighs>
0: I couldn't say <laughs> any certainty which one it was, but it was <laughs> one of them.
1: <laughs> ah, the pandemic. Fun. What's
0: your small dumb thing? Great. So
1: my small dumb thing last week was to go outside every day, and I'm pleased to report that I did. Uh, the yeah. first half of the week was really miserable weather-wise, but it has since improved. The weekend was glorious in Melbourne. Oh, my God, wasn't it? Uh, yesterday was like, you know, shorts and T-shirt weather for the first time uh, this this season, which was amazing. Uh, not super actually ideal for my health, but the, the effect it has on my mental health is like, makes it better so Mm. it doesn't really matter Mm. it's it's not super ideal for pots because uh one of the one of the symptoms is that i'm very like heat sensitive and also Uh. because of hydration so if i'm sweating more i'm losing more Mm. more liquid Mm. uh Mm. blood volume goes down blood pressure goes down etc so Mm. it's it's you know i'll I'll have to be careful once it gets hot hot but uh look low to mid 30s everything is better everything is lifted you know, it's just something about it. I can't describe it. Even now, like the sun is streaming through the window. It's just there's something really beautiful about it. This week, my small dumb thing is that I need to buy more compression garments. I've been really slack with this because of the cost. Yeah. At the moment, I actually only have one, uh, which is really bad because I should be wearing them every single day. Again, with pots, it's because the compression garments will will tighten around the the blood vessels if the blood vessels tighten, that means my blood pressure goes up and that means that I'm getting less dizzy spells. Mm -hmm. Uh, It also helps circulate the blood back up my body. The issue is is that it pulls in my legs and that's why I struggle to walk. The compression garments will help with circulation. My small dumb thing this week is I'm going to go online to Rebel Sport and I am going to buy two more 2XU compression garments. Not sponsored, but they're the ones that work best for me that aren't medical grade. (laughs) What's your small, dumb thing?
0: My small, dumb thing last week was to switch off my computer at 8 p.m. Only the only place that I mentioned it was on the podcast. And then I didn't think of it again until like a minute ago. So, no, I did not do that even once. (laughs) (laughs) You and I spoke last week about how we think we have this genetic predisposition towards needing more sleep. Mm -hmm. I got that reminder on Saturday after the triathlon when I slept for nine hours. Look, it's not that I don't function on between seven and eight hours a night. It's just that I function better on eight and a half. Like eight and a half is my sweet spot. I'm brighter, I'm calmer, I've got more patience. Like eight and a half hour Stacy is who I wanna be. But 5.15 wake ups to train are delivering six hour Stacy and she's not patient. This week, I've just set a reminder on my watch, 8 p.m. every night, turn off your computer. I've set another one on my watch at 8.30 to go to bed. So if I can be asleep by 9 o'clock every night, I at least get a solid eight hours.
1: Breaking news, sleep is important.
0: We talk about sleep and hydration a lot.
1: (laughs) I mean, they're basic things. I I always (laughs) joke, I have a friend who's a sleep scientist and – As part of her job, she does night shifts to monitor patients through their sleep. And then she, like, becomes a shell of a human after these night shifts. And we always joke. It's like, yeah, you know all this stuff about the science of sleep and then you still pull yourself through that. (laughs) Like, come on. Sleep, Uh... people. It's very important. (laughs) So, you mean your motivation? Tell us about it. This week, I created a flow chart. (laughs) Wow. I'm so excited for the blue chart. So th- let's, let's take us back a few steps. Okay. My goal with my health one day is to play sport again. I don't know if I will, but that is my ultimate goal. One of the things that I need to do in order to reach this goal is to understand what my current baseline of asymptomatic exercise is. Mm-hmm. So that's not my, my maximum. That is what I can do without having symptoms of pot. I started from the top. So I wrote this flowchart and I was like playing soccer. Like what do I need to do to play soccer? So the, the big skills, I need to be able to run. I need to be able to jump. I need to be able to uh, to kick. And, like, I need to be able to use my upper body to save because I'm a, I'm a goalkeeper. So then I just sort of went down from there. In order to run, what do I need to do? I need to be able to walk. In order to walk, what do I need to be able to do? I need to be able to... I need to have, like, calf muscles that work. Mm-hmm. You know, in order to jump, I need to be able to uh, to squat. In order to squat, I need to be able to do glute bridges. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to kick, I need to be able to do leg swings. In order to use my upper body, I need to be able to do like knee push-ups, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I established my uh, level of asymptomatic exercise baseline mm-hmm. for about 10 different things. And Great. At first, I was quite upset by this, Mm. because the numbers are pathetic. It's like, I can walk for 20 seconds at a normal pace before I get symptoms. Mm. I can do three knee (laughs) push-ups before I get symptoms. I can do 15 seated double-legged calf raises before I get symptoms. So on the surface of this, that's upsetting. That that dep- and that's not my max. To be clear, that's not my max. That's your it's, asymptomatic. It's thing. my asymptomatic max. If I needed, if if on the threat of my life, I needed to do, uh, <laughs> you know, six knee push-ups, I I could, um, but this is this is my asymptomatic base. But the reason why it's my mini motivation is because I actually, for the first time, through this this method, have. <laughs> my baselines actually Mm. measured and in place in order for me to one day play sport again. Mm. The thing with POTS is that exercise is a, it's, it does multiple things. So firstly, it's, you know, it's, it's a graded exercise program to get, to get back to sport. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is that the mechanical process is actually muscles around your veins and around your arteries. Mm -hmm. And if your muscles are, stronger the, the blood will pump around your body better it it okay. helps with that so one thing that the reason why pots and chronic fatigue are often related is because if you've had chronic fatigue for a couple of years your muscles sort of fall away and and people develop pots as a result because the, the muscles around their veins kind of stop working mm. um there's a there's actually a mechanical function to exercise as well exercise is actually crucial to, to getting better mm-hmm. because I'm building up those those muscles again, particularly in my legs, in my calves. It's just super important.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I have a I have a, a a method. I'll get endorphins as well, which just you know, like with a sunny day, it's just those little things have an enormous impact on on my mood and the way that I'm feeling mm-hmm. and uh, how motivated I am. So throughout the week, as I do my three knee pushups and my three glute bridges and my five leg swings, it's actually quite motivating to know that there is kind of a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Even, even if I never quite reach those heights again, I know that by doing this, I'm, I'm getting better. Hmm. And, well, breaking uh, it down
0: to the absolute minimum actually allows you to see the little micro steps in between when yeah. we go from... I can't run at all to I want to run a marathon unless you actually break that down into micro steps. It's very easy to lose sight of the progress that you've made along the way. And that's how you get demotivated. And that's why people give up.
1: Absolutely. It just means that I can see that journey. Like the day that I run for a hundred meters the first time Mm. or the day that I the day that i do a box jump the day that i do a squat
0: i will never do a box jump (laughs) (laughs) good job well done what's your mini motivation well i had been going to mention a book that i'm reading which i thought had been quite insightful only i just got to the part where she equates mental illness with autism and says that autism and adhd are caused by leaky gut (laughs) so i mentally threw that bit of shit in the harbor and i will not be giving it any publicity um i will only say this neurodiversity is not a disease again fuck off
1: you start listening to a wellness podcast or read a book or something and then it's like chapter 11 why vaccines are bad and you're like, like chapter
0: seven i am invested in this bitch and then she turns around and a lot of what she'd been saying had been quite insightful when will these hippies get the fucking like there's always been neurodivergent people let's not eliminate them please (laughs) would you
1: would you say that your motivation for this week is is anger you're motivated by anger So before we finished, Stacey, you wanted to give some very special shout-outs for this episode.
0: I did. I did. So our uh, biggest fans are children who apparently call our podcast mini-base. I think they like the swears. Uh, And I had two messages for them, and that is, Ben, eat your vegetables, and Zoe, go to bed on time. That's
1: good advice. (laughs) We, we talk about this every week.
0: Yeah, drink your water. Go to drink bed. Drink water. <laughs> All right, Taryn, where can the people find us?
1: You can find us on our website at minimumbaseline.com, on Instagram at minimum.baseline, on Twitter at minimumbaseline, although maybe not for long. <laughs> or you can also find me on Twitter at Taryn Hedo.
0: For the time being. Five-star reviews help us reach other normies who might be trying to become incrementally less shit. Please jump on your podcast app of choice and leave us some feedback.
1: You can follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio or on our RSS feed on our website.
0: Thank you and goodbye.
1: Goodbye.